You're listening to Big God Small Business with Ann Brock, an entrepreneur who loves to talk about all things God-related and anything in business. Each week, I'll be sharing in Season 2 the theme, How to Know When To. We'll dive into topics addressing risky, pivotal moments you face as an entrepreneur and how to know when to go about making those hard decisions. Expect to hear from other leaders in the field, too. Pull up a seat and let's dive into these game-changing discussions. Today's episode gives us insight and clarity into a big question, how to know when to take risk. I find, generally speaking, there are two types of people, conservative and free-spirited. If you had to guess, which personality is more accepting of risk? For some, we welcome all possible outcomes. Without risk, there would be no surprise endings, no opportunity for growth. For others, the calculation of risk, even when weighing all odds, would rather play it safe and know there's a plan. Truthfully, there's no right or wrong answer here. However, if we avoid risk, could we be missing the greater plan? The Bible says in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. After reading this verse, it really had me thinking, was I viewing risk all wrong? Once I was asked, how do you spell faith? I thought it was just how you spell the word. But the responder said, it's spelled R-I-S-K. Sometimes in life, we're faced with hard choices, crossroads, exciting opportunities, and maybe we play the supporting role in someone else's risk too. Bottom line is, if you really wanna see mountains move, Remember the mustard seed. Remember you're not alone. Some risks are just worth taking. Thank you guys so much for joining Big God Small Business today. I'm your host, Ann Brock, and I'm so excited to have you today for our new series, How to Know When to, for season two of the podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Paige Evanson, and she's right over there. And Paige and I have become really good friends over quarantine. Who's had a friendship that's developed over quarantine? Well, I guess I did. And we are going to be talking today about how to know when to take risk. And Paige is a really good person for me to have on this interview as we have both experienced taking risk together, not together, together, but in our own lives. And I wanted to introduce her to you. She is a wife and a homeschool mom. We have that in common, but she's also a speaker, a blogger, and an influencer. She uses her social media platform to speak into the hearts of mothers of tweens and teens and to point them in the right direction. And Paige is also wonderful at teaching people how to live their best lives, how to exercise, how to eat right, and how to fast and pray. And and I just thought that was really wonderful and something we all definitely need, especially starting the new year off right. Uh, Paige has also spoken at many women's conferences, and she's got some new things that she's planning for 2021. And we definitely want to talk about that. So hi, Paige. Hi. Thank you so much for being here today. And um yeah, I, I think it's so great that we get to come together and that we have formed this 
online friendship, which kind of would seem <laughs> weird to most people. We've never actually met in person, guys. Uh, never met in person, but it doesn't matter. I feel like I, I get to talk to, we've used the app Marco Polo. Shout out to, we should, you should have a sponsorship and right. Marco Polo. We love Marco Polo. It's like video texting for, for middle-aged moms. <laughs> it is. So anybody it is. can use it, but I, I love it. I love the friendship that God has just really I mean, brought between the two of us, I believe it was, was my mom who said, she's like, you need to meet Anne. I think you'd be good friends with her. And I of course started, I'm like, Anne, do you Marco Polo? And little, you know, lo and behold, thousands of Marco Polos later, here we are. Thousands. (laughs) Late night. What are you doing? How are you investing? Get your act together. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, what's been so special about this is you were the encourager that I needed in this new season. And I think a lot of people, especially beginning the new year, or maybe have experienced loneliness or depression or any of that from the quarantine and what COVID has been doing to us, uh, having an encourager in your corner is like having the most treasured piece of gold. And, you know, we, uh, Paige and I, what we have kind of developed over time is what we call our weekly strategizing meetings. And we'll, we'll get into that more, but we really have helped encourage each other in risk-taking and planning things for the week and trying to just keep our head straight and our head on straight as mothers, as wives, and just, and in, and kind of falling into these new careers too. So Paige, I wanted to talk to you because today's topic is how to know when to take risk. And so we've talked about just some different risks that maybe you have experienced in your life. You've experienced risk as being a supporting role in being a wife to your husband who is an entrepreneur himself. So why don't we get into that and just talk about your experience in being a risk taker as a supporter, because that's almost as difficult as being the one who's jumping in before everybody else. Yes. So I have been married 21 years now, and that was a huge risk even getting married at at the young age of 21. I didn't feel so young, but that I married a baseball player. And at the time he was playing for the Yankees and I thought, oh, well, he'll just go on and be this baseball player and I'm going to get my degree in broadcast journalism and I'll be this awesome journalist. And for those of you, you may be too young, but I don't know, but I wanted to be Katie Couric. I'm like, I want to be on the Today Show and, um, you know, fix my hair and do my makeup. And that's what I want to, and report the news and tell stories. But God took our life in a different direction. And when baseball ended for my husband, that was like the first thing, like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? And he wanted to be a fishing guide. And I'm like, well, go be efficient. Like, I don't know how to do that. Like, just go for it. And so, and, um, and I, before, let me back up a little bit, but before he became a fishing guide, he did real estate. He worked for a moving company. He worked all kinds of different odd jobs. He just never could work a total strict nine to five. Now I am more of a steady, like I'm not as much now, but I used to be super steady. I'm like, this is how we're, we're going to make a plan. We're going to execute the plan. And you just need to get up and go to work and do a job and be happy. <laughs> and when I met my husband, he's like, no, he was a homeschool kid. I was a public school kid. And so I'm like, I was trained. You go to school and then you go to college and then you get a job and you work and you live happily ever after. And in his mindset is like, no, you, we go and we start our own businesses. We're going to figure out a problem. 
and we're going to make this happen and make that happen. And I'm like, ah, that kind of stresses me out. But I am enough of a, of an encourager that I'm like, all right, well, figure it out. So um, early on in our marriage, it's a lot of like, well, you want to do that? All right, go figure it out. So he became a realtor for a little while. And then he really, he always was fishing with baseball. All the baseball players were always fishing. And he's like, I want to be a fishing guy. There's people that will pay money to go fishing. And I'm like, well, figure it out. And he, I remember him saying, I'm going to get a boat before we get a house because you'll always get a house, but I may never get a boat. So I'm going to get a a boat. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, no, that's dumb. I want to get a hat, you know, like we want to, I want to have a house and stuff. And so, but sure enough, he got a boat and then eventually I did get it, you know, did get a house. So we've been taking risks for a long time um, in our marriage. And I have been that supporter um, so when Clay, he decided to get his fishing license and he did, he, he went to school, he got his captain's license, he bought the boat. And, um, and in the middle of that, he also, um, learned how to build websites. And this is before the internet got super huge or, uh, to be a thing, but he started, he went to Barnes and Noble and got a book on building websites and he ran fishing tournaments. And then, um, a lot of the fishing guides that were, had been in business for a long time were wondering where did this new kid on the block come from? Like, how is he? all of a sudden here. And they said, oh, it's your website, isn't it? That's how you're starting to get business. And um, they wanted him to build websites. So little by little, he'd come to me late at night. Hey, can I buy this software program? Can I buy, can I do this? Can I do that? And I'm like, yeah, just if you think it'll make you money, then you go for it. And so um, that's what he did. And that's, I think, as my role of being that encourager to say, you can do this. I um, I heard a speaker one time say that God's big enough to kill your husband's or your children's dumb dreams. He doesn't need your help. And I love that because <laughs> if your spouse or your child or whatever, be a person who fans the flame of their dream and let God put it out. Like, don't oh, that's so good. I, I love that. Like, don't be the person that squashes people's dreams. Just say, you know what? That's a great idea. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll do great at that. And then listen, God has a way of working it out to where he's let, he will let the person know that's not smart or you can't do that. Or maybe this isn't the season for that. Let's, let's do that later on down the road. So um, those are my little tidbits to begin with of be an encourager. And, and now that I'm 21 years into marriage and attempting to do some things on my own, I'm learning more and more, just take that risk. Just do it. Like, yeah, if you fall, it's okay. Get back up, do something else. Like, well, it's the whole saying of failing forward. You know, yes. when you fail at something, it may be really scary to take the risk, but once you do it, even if you mess up or you fail, you learn in a way to be able to do it better the next time. Right. Or maybe it's not a fit at all. Maybe some of us learn better from experience than we do weighing out all the endless possibilities and the risk and whatnot. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you just got to, you just got to put yourself out there. Well, yeah. And sometimes the businesses that you do, it's a stepping stone to the next thing that you do. So when yeah. I was in um, high school, I my senior year, I went to go get my nails done. And when I went to the salon to get my, I had missed my appointment. So I ended up across the street at another salon. And this young girl, she was 18 and driving a brand new Honda Accord and had a baby. And I paid her $50 to do my nails. And I thought, if this girl can do that, I could do that. 
too. So literally I called around to some nail schools and right after I graduated high school, I went to nail school and started college because I thought every late, everybody wants their nails done at some point in the, exactly. at some point in time. And so I went to nail school and I started working at a nail salon and I, I was never one to really, I only got my nails done for prom. That was about it. But I thought if these girls sitting here doing fingernails make 40 or $50 an hour, man, maybe I should do that. They make their own right. schedule. Like, and so I did that for 12 years and it was awesome while I was having my babies. And that was like a risk too. Cause it wasn't what I, I wasn't like, I was super passionate about fashion and beauty and getting my nails done, but I'm like, I'm all about making some money on my own terms. Right. And that was maybe something that led to something else. So yes. what you're stepping out in faith to do may not be the thing that you're meant to do in the long run, but it might right. be the thing that leads to the thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, there are so many people who are really weighing right now, weighing out, should I take that risk? You know, a lot of people's careers, maybe if you've been in corporate America, have really maybe been a little bit rocky lately. You don't know if you're going to hang on for another year or, you know, working from home is maybe different than you thought it was going to be. And you are maybe considering, okay, if I could do this from home, maybe I can do what I've always dreamed on my own. But is that money going to be consistent? It's not going to be the same as it was in getting that paycheck every two weeks or once a month that you know is that consistent source of income coming in. Uh, You know, having your own business, as we both know, is feast or famine. Some days you're eating filet mignon, the other times you're looking for ramen, you know? I mean, it's just, (laughs) it's kind of the way way it rolls. But um, I love what you said. What did you say something the other day about not waiting for permission yes. to be able to do these things. What would you say about that? Care to elaborate on that a little, a little bit? Yes. Um, I am totally guilty on wanting somebody to send me an email, send me a text or a phone call. Like I have heard from the Lord and you are to go do this <laughs> and now, now go do it. And I, I waited around so much for permission instead of listening to those small whispers that God says, Hey, I'll give me a thought about something and, and I'll go do it. And the more that I have actually taken massive action on doing things, the more exciting it gets, the more fun, I mean, the more fun life gets and you get to do it, be a part of things that you never um, dreamed you could be a part of. So I think of one of those things, my youngest child is, I have four kids at this time right now and they're 16, 14, 10, and seven. And my youngest, when she was born, had a rare liver disease um, called biliary atresia, which led her to getting a liver transplant. So that took us on a whole detour in our life. And after she got through the liver transplant, I wanted to do something to give back. And the first year I had the thought, I'm like, well, I'll do, I, I just was like, well, we'll make a little transplant treats. We'll make little gift bags for kids that are in the hospital and put Play-Doh and lip glosses and um, markers and colors and things like that. And then the second year I thought, you know what? Um, pajamas. We love getting, when you're in the hospital, sometimes if you have to go at the very last minute, they just give you those ugly hospital gowns and they are not comfortable and they are not cute. And so I just had the thought of a pajama drive. Like, why don't I do that? And we'll collect pajamas in honor of Corey's liverversary. And so, but I didn't, that was when it first started me really honing in like 
Don't wait for permission. You see a need. I knew I I knew what it was like to be in the hospital. I knew what it was like to have to get those ugly hospital gowns. I mean, you know, whenever you go to give birth, um, for those moms out there that are listening, they give you the ugly hospital gown <laughs> to give birth in, and then you want something pretty because you just feel all gross and stuff. And then right. um, and then for little kids too, it's sad being in the hospital. But if you get a, a snuggly warm pair of P- and PJs, and look, look, it's all the rage now over all the Christmas cards and everybody's got matching PJs. And so what I discovered is that after Christmas, pajamas are all on sale. It's a great time to do a pajama drive. And it just happens to coincide with Corey's liverversary. And so that was what, and now it's become an annual thing that we do. And it's so fun to be able to give back um, to the hospital and to give back in kid, to kids in need and parents that are overwhelmed and stressed out. So, but so are you planning the- another one this year? I am. I actually am going to be, uh, this week is going to be our our launch week of doing the pajama drive again. I always check with the hospital to make sure um, that this is still a need. I don't ever want it to be overwhelming, like this lady coming mm-hmm. with a bunch of PJs. I mean, we have, we bring hundreds of PJs to the I saw uh, last year. It was really yeah. a overwhelming amount a lot of pjs to the hospital so um but i just got an email last night that they're like yeah they're they go really quick so um we're gonna start the pajama drive again and i've also learned that a lot of people are looking for something to get behind they just need somebody to lead the way so if you've got a cause or something that you're passionate about um either Start the cause or get behind somebody else's. So, um, and be like a rah-rah girl for them or a rah-rah guy for them to say, yeah, I'll, um, I'll give you either money to this or I'll help you count pajamas or whatever your, whatever your thing is. I say, don't wait for permission. If you see a need, like there's people who need food, they need, um, mass, they need, I don't know, the kids help with homeschooling or, or um, maybe you're good at doing accounting work, like offer your services, offer the skills and talents that you have. And don't wait for permission. Just say, Hey, this is what I'm good at. Can I help anybody? And you'll be surprised. Uh, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sometimes it just takes that first step. So, okay. So my, my final thing is I think we really should clue people in on how we do what we do. And how we encourage each other, because to me, this has been such an amazing gift is to have somebody that you feel like you can be very open and transparent with, say, these are the things that I want to work on. I don't feel like I really have this down pat yet. Have somebody encourage you on how to get there. Okay, how are we going to take steps to get to that place? And what are my action items for the week? You know, we may have big lofty dreams, but I always say never overwhelm yourself by the big picture. Just take a step back and, you know, you got to remember the rest of the alphabet. You might know where we are at A and Z, but you got to fill in the rest of the blanks here and have these baby goals to get there. So uh, for me and you, what has been so phenomenally awesome is that once a week we say, okay, are you going to, are we going to strategize on Sunday? And then we have this call and I get my notebook out and you have your pen and paper too. And then we just kind of knock out all the things that we might need to do in the week to help us to be productive and to also not let our family fall to the wayside, not let ourselves fall to the wayside because self-care really needs to be at the top of our list. And I think a lot of us just really forget about this too. Um, But 
let's just kind of invite people into this this new thing we've created that has been so yeah, it's so, so awesome. It's, it's almost like our our Sunday strategizing, and it yes. has really been awesome because I'll get my planner out, and as a homeschool mom, I definitely I have to plan a lot of what are you know, what are my kids going to learn this week? What um, books do we need to have? What resources do we need to have? And Anne and I talk through all the things um, from whether it be like, okay, what are we going to (laughs) eat? And then what do we need to buy at the grocery store in order to make those foods that we're going to eat? And we'll scan scan Pinterest for recipes. I also use um, Google Keep, um, which is one of the apps that I like to use. What's the app that you like to use to schedule things? Is it called Monday or... Um, yeah, I've used Monday before. I, I've got to be honest. I'm so old school. I really just kind of revert back to the pen and paper. And paper I keep a notebook. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll put things down in my calendar on my phone. Uh, yes, you know, I use like the Google, I use Google, Google calendar, calendar and, um, the keep is like post-it notes. Um, and it, it, it will stream now right next to your Google calendar, which I kind of like. So I will write down for me, I always, and I've been encouraging and to do this. I'm like, write down when you're going to exercise and you schedule it like an appointment. Like this is, mm-hmm. I just decided I am somebody who moves my body and exercises on a regular basis. And then I'll write down, well, what am I going to do for that exercise? Am I going to lift weights? Am I going to do maybe like one of the beach body workouts or am I going to go to the YMCA and do a class or am I going to walk or what it, what is that thing that I'm going to do and I write it down um and like our local YMCA lists the classes on Sundays on their website so I'll look on the YMCA classes like what am I available to do I take spin this week um I just have decided I am somebody who physically moves because when you physically get active it's like it re- um releases of course a lot of toxins in your body but it gets your blood flowing and then you'll come up with the creative ideas that you need for your bit you know for your business. It's your, so, it's your endorphins. It is. It's all your the endorphins. In, yes. So your creativity um, flows much better and you can think clearer. And yeah. It, and I use yeah. that, like if I walk my neighborhood, I listen to podcasts. So I'll listen to business podcasts or the Bible recap podcast or, mm. or audiobooks. I set a goal to read a book a week and it's totally doable. I know a lot of people are like, Oh no, please don't tell me to read a book. Um, however you, I feel like you'll, whatever issue you're dealing with somebody's dealt with it and they've written a book about it so um and break it down you don't have to read the whole book in one day you just read maybe one or two chapters and so I write down what is the book I'm going to read what um exercises I'm going to do I I stink at this one but I want to drink a gallon of water a day so I keep trying to I write it down it's actually very important to stay hydrated believe it or not that's why you see me drinking my water all the time yeah you know, you, you got it. We have to stay injected. hydrated. Um, and then we write down like the meals that we're going to eat. And then Anne is always so good about, okay, well, what's your business goal this week? What do you want to accomplish? What would it look like um, for the week and even for the month to say like, how many blog posts do you want to get out there? Do you want to work on your pot? Like I want to do a podcast this year. And so Anne's been really encouraging to say, okay, pick a name. Um, here's the software you need. Here's the um, course that you need to watch or Um, it just, it's been so good. We're not doing the same thing, but it's been great to have somebody to do a brain dump with and inspire, um, to keep going. And I had a call yesterday with a girl. She really reminded us 
to get granular with all of your dreams and goals, like and make that vision board of what do you want? What does, what would a good year look like? What would a good month look like? What would a good week and what would a good day? And so I feel like that's kind of what we do um, is we get granular with it. We're like, all right, this is what a good week would look like. It would be really great if we knew what we were feeding our families. Um, what appointments do we have to go to this week? What goals do we have to reach? And um, and for some reason, just writing them down, it makes you not feel quite as overwhelmed. Well, so. and it doesn't make you feel like the risk is so uh, scary also. Right. Because right. you have somebody that's kind of jumping with you, even though they're not in the same position as you. And really, if you fail, it's not going to affect them. But they're just there to tell you it's okay. Right. And, uh, you know, and that even no matter what happens, I'll be there. Yes. And, um, <clears throat> you know, there are a lot of people who, you know, we have free spirited people. Yeah. And then we have people who are very uh, conservative and uh, you know, like my husband and I, he definitely falls in the more conservative category and I am definitely the free spirit if you haven't guessed that already, <laughs> but it's funny because he came from an entrepreneur and wow. so his father was an entrepreneur and had his own business and it was very successful and whatnot. But I think, you know, when you witness what your parents go through on a day-to-day basis. Maybe you would really rather have more of the stability part of it. He understands though how it all works. So, um, you know, I, as far as um, finding that balance and just, and and realizing that nothing is ever going to be perfect. You're going to hit some bumps in the road. When you, there is a Steve Harvey video that I love called jump. If you've never seen it before, I'll post the link in this It is on YouTube and it's, he speaks after his family feud uh, show. And he talks about jumping into the unknown and jumping off the cliff. And so, um, you know, he says, when you jump, you're not going to soar right away. You're going to hit some jagged edges, you're going to hit a few rocks going down, you're going to skin up your knees, you're going to get pretty banged up, but eventually you're going to catch wind and you'll go up. And so, but, but it's not about just staying stuck and, and calculating the risk, you know, don't get a risk analysis. (laughs) Don't sit there and weigh out every possible, what if, you know, Yeah, sometimes uh, it is just taking that move. I know we moved from Florida where I had been, had all my babies and been raised. And we took that leap of not knowing where, where exactly we, it was like all the doors were closing in Florida and God was saying, just go, just go. And we did, we went and found a vacation home in South Carolina. And we thought we will come and try and try it for a few months and we ended up staying. So I want to definitely take that risk. If anything, just say, Hey, I'm going to try this for three months. And after three months, then reassess. Is it working? Is it not working? Does something need to be tweaked or not tweaked? And so I think that's the the encouragement. Don't be afraid to just say, I'm going to try this. And yes. you never know where it might, what door There's, it might open for you. Who's the author of the book, Everything is Figureoutable? Uh, uh, Marie Forleo? Yes. Yes. Guys, check out this book, Everything is Figureoutable. Um, because even when you feel inadequate, you feel like you're not enough. You feel like, uh, you know, I've never, I don't know anything about this one field, but it seems very interesting. Everything right. is figureoutable. And Paige and I are living proof of that. We've supported people that didn't know what they were doing. We've become the people that didn't know what they were doing. And we just, we put ourselves out there, decided to learn uh, very grassroots style and things worked out. 
They did. So um, my our final thing in wrapping this up is let's talk p- to people about just the, uh, you know, what it's like to n- recognize those signs. You said something about the doors were closing in Florida. I know what that feels like now because I've been through it. But right. maybe there are new people who are really not recognizing those signs and things that are going on. What was one example where you noticed uh, well, things were kind of shutting down? Uh, well, when we were getting ready to move somewhere else, we had been in the house that we were in. Uh, we had built our house. It was it was a great home. And I we thought we would live there for a long time and then sell it and make a lot of money and um, then build something else. And that would be like our forever home. Well, then my daughter's um, health started deteriorating and that threw a wrench in our plans of like, oh, okay, wait a second. All of a sudden, I don't care about my house anymore. I just want my child to be well. And so then we went on the journey. And once I started like living in the hospital um, for lengths at a time, I realized, oh my, there's so much stuff I don't, I don't need. I don't need all of it. And what's was important, what I when I thought like having the house and the cute neighborhood and the nice car and those things, they were no longer important anymore because I'm like, I just want my baby to live. And then once she got past that, it was my, our perspective, whenever you um, go through like a crisis of faith and where you're like, is God really real or not? Do I believe his promises are true? Um, And I had to decide, yes, even if I can't see how things are going to work out, that God is good. And so, but then like our jobs start, the desires of our heart started to change. And I no longer wanted the big house. I no longer wanted, I mean, I just... I didn't, the things that Matt, that seemed like such a big deal that I was fighting so hard for, I just had no desire anymore for that. And so my desire started changing and then we were um, going to have to be, we were going to be moving, but we're like, I don't, where are we going to, where do we go? I don't know what to do. And by this time, my husband was fishing a lot and um, we lived in, we live in South Carolina now, but um, for those that are in Florida, we lived in Land Lakes, and he would fish over in like St. Pete and Clearwater. What well, was a long drive and a long commute every single day, um, pulling a boat. And he's like, I'm spending all of this money on gas and fuel and wear and tear. Like we just started looking and alternatives. And I will say we read um, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. If you've never um, read any of Tim Ferriss's stuff, he's really gets you thinking outside of the box. And so that was one of the books that were like, okay, is there an alternative way to live? And so we discovered vacation living and like creating a lifestyle where we lived on vacation, where we lived a life where we didn't we didn't need to go on vacation because that's just how we live. So we discovered that vacation rentals are um, really cheap in Florida in the summertime because it's extremely hot in Florida and every the snowbirds all leave and they come up to the Carolinas. And then um, in the Carolinas, it's actually cheaper in the wintertime. Everybody leaves because it's cold and nobody, they don't, the regulars don't want to be up here. So what we did is we kind of flipped it around where we got a vacation rental in the summertime in Florida and then we found a vacation rental in the Carolinas in the wintertime. And 
Um, every, it was kind of shocking to everybody, but my husband had a, uh, one cousin that lived up on Lake Hartwell in South Carolina. So that's how we literally, we looked on, um, VRBO.com, like vacation rental by owner. We found a vacation rental. They're extremely cheap in the wintertime because nobody wants, a lot of people, they want to come to the lake whenever it's, um, summertime and party on the lake, but in the wintertime, nobody wants to be there. Well, everybody wants to live in Florida in the wintertime because it's warmer and it's sunny. So we just, we found little ways um, to just kind of switch our perspective. And then we just went for it. Literally, I put everything, I, we moved out of our house. I put everything in storage and what could fit in the van, the truck and the boat. That's what we took with us. And then we went and lived, we lived on vacation. Um, that's and, amazing. And then we're like, wait a second, this is really kind of a cool way to live. I got to go experience somebody's awesome vacation home. And then I packed up my stuff and I left. Yeah. And I, I went to another vacation rental. It was really, I got to experience and see things that I probably would have never experienced and seen had I not been willing just to take that risk and say, That's let's amazing. just go, let's go for it. Why not? You just gotta, yeah, live a little. Yeah. Well, well that may be more than what you asked for, but I say that just there, your heart will start to change. Your desires will start to change and you'll start thinking about a new direction. And those are often God's little whispers and nudges saying here, I want you to go do this. I place this desire in you. Seek me, trust me, listen to me, ask me questions, pray, get counsel, but then just go for it. Just right jump, dive in. Like you always said, take that cliff dive, just dive in. That's right. That's right. Wow. Well, I want to thank you so much Paige for being here today. And I hope that this, um, how to know when to take risk has been a wonderful episode for people to just kind of tune into and to help them maybe sort some things out, maybe help them to make that hard decision on maybe this is the right time to take a risk, uh, during this day and age where things are so uncertain. Um, so I want to thank you so much for being here and guys, I will definitely link to you Paige's website. She's got some new things coming up. She's going to be blogging more. I think there's a podcast she may be working on too. Trying. Yes. She's going to get it done because we're going to be along cheering her on. And, uh, and you definitely want to find her on Facebook and Instagram. I'll post all of that in the bio for you. And, uh, if you're out there, thinking about taking a risk. We want to encourage you to just take those steps, be prayerful about it and, and let God just lead you into that and just press into the Lord and his love for you. And we want to thank you so much for coming Paige. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having and, me. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing you on Sundays. Yes. For our strategy meeting. It's a date. That's right. And you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on our next How to Know When To in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Hey, how's about a virtual high five for finishing another episode of Big God Small Business? Did it go by just as fast for you as it did for me? If you want more, go to entrepreneurministries.com and also check out the YouTube channel. The show notes from this episode are in the comments below. Remember to keep the faith in what God has for you and your business. Never stop praying and never give up. See you next time.